the IC robots trying to get vaccinated show. Hey kids, it is me, your dude, I see robots, and we're back for what is the, uh, the final episode in the saga of the Stuck at Home show slash, uh, trying to get vaccinated show, man. I, I gotta admit, I am like, I'm absolutely at a loss right now. I'm sitting in my office, and I'm just like, I'm ruminating, I'm looking back, I'm thinking about like, I'm thinking about this last year that we've all been through, and we've all been through together, and man, it's, uh, it's been a wild one. It has been a crazy one. My... My first inclination that anything was going wild was the day that I came home and my neighbor Bob came over and he said, hey man, did you did you hear we've been advised we have to shelter in place? And at the time we thought this was, we thought this was going to be like, I don't know, a couple weeks, a few weeks of just like whatever. And that, that in itself was, was pretty wild because we've, we've been told to evacuate during fires and, and things like that, but there's never been a situation where they're just like, just stay in your house. And don't come out, no matter what you do, don't come out. And we, we just like, we figured it would be over soon enough. And then it just keeps going on and on and on and on and on and on and on. And then there's just like all kinds of weird things happening to the years. There's like riots in the street. There's like political unrest. There's this crazy election. It has been a wild one. And in a lot of ways, in a lot of ways, I'm happy to put this show to bed. I have to admit, I'm happy to like... To think that, like, we're past the point where this is, like, a necessary thing. When I first started doing this, it was just, like, the idea was I would do it for a few weeks as a way to keep myself occupied. Do you remember those early days of the uh, lockdown when we were all just, like, trying to think of fun ways to stay busy in the house, making sourdoughs or doing whatever? I, myself, we kind of focused on making the pizza pies and stuff. But remember all these, all these things we were doing to stay occupied? And I'm just, like... I'll start a show. I'll do another show, and I'll do it, like, two, three times a week, and that'll that'll be a hoot. But then it just, like, it stretched on and on and on. And before you know it, it's just, like, half a year is gone, then three quarters of a year. And it's just, like, it's crazy. So in a lot of ways, it's just like I said, I'm, I'm really happy to to put this away. But it's also, it's also kind of sad because I think that there's been a lot of good stuff on the show. I think we've had a lot of fun adventures. I think that... Everything from, like, making pizzas and doing HPIs and the Battle of Oak Park and these interesting discoveries we've made about Steve Balboni and his his lust for Bigfoot. There have been just, like, a lot of fun things happening here in your ears. And it's weird to... It's weird that when I'm done with this, like, the file's going to be shut. It's going to be over. That'll be the end. And eventually I'll be back with something new. But it's hard to say goodbye. It's hard to say goodbye. This has been, like, a big part of my life. For like a year straight. I'm not even kidding. This was like one of the things that helped me make it through. And I think that I think that for a lot of you guys, this is one of the things that help you make it through too. I, people have reached out to me. People have messaged me and talked to me and said that they they really look forward to hearing the show all the time. And as much as you guys would enjoy hearing the show, I would enjoy making the show. It's a lot of work, but it's a, it's a labor of love, as they say. But all good things have to come to an end, I guess. In this case, it's kind of like... All good slash bad things have to come to an end. And I have to admit that I'm happy to see that we may be in the waning days of this pandemic here in the United States. I'm getting my shot later this week. And at that point, I'm just going to be, I'm going to be so happy, man. I I never felt like, I never felt like I was going to get the bug and that I was going to die. Because I knew that I was living a very cautious life. I was staying in the house. I was always wearing my mask. I was avoiding any and all like outside contact with whoever might be carrying the bug to me but at the same time it's it's you know it's a harrowing it's scary to know that there's just like this thing out there that's very dangerous and over the course of years I lost a couple relatives a lot of us have lost relatives we've lost friends 
We've lost all kinds of friendships and relationships. It's really hard to maintain these friendships when you're all just like locked up in the house away from each other. I'm bad in that regard. I, I seldom reach out to people. And over the course of the year, I feel that like there may be some relationships that are strained. Not in a bad way because all I got to do is like reach out again. But it's weird. Everybody became very isolated. Everybody became very much just like a one-man island. And I did become that. And I will miss that in, in some ways because I, I do consider myself to be kind of kind of an isolated cat in a lot of regards. And it's fine. I like life that way. I like working on my little projects. I like doing things on my own. But, um, man, it's it's hard when you have, like, no choice but to be alone. I'm really I'm really rambling here because I don't know what to say. I want to say something deep. I want to say something profound. I want to say something about what's been going on this year and I want to like tie all this together well, but I just I don't know if there is anything that could be said that really like fully ties together everything that's been going on. This is like this is like an unprecedented thing and it's been like an unprecedented few years for me. We've had fires, we've had this weird presidency and just all kinds of unrest. And it's been a very, very crazy time. And I hope that in some ways we're starting to put this behind us. I'm not I'm not sure that that's necessarily true, but it is possible. I I know not, man. I just want like I just want everyone to be happy. And it's so hard to make everyone happy. And I, I don't have any like fun wisdom for you guys. I really don't have anything that I can say that's gonna make anything any different. I hope that I hope that, like, over the course of this year that we've been together, like, a couple times a week, that maybe some of the wisdom that I have, the meager wisdoms that I have, have kind of rubbed off in some way. I don't know. Maybe they have, maybe they haven't. Let's see. Is there, is there anything around here that I can open or that I can look at? I, I really don't think so, to be honest. I got a couple Hot Wheels over here that I bought. This one's kind of cool. I haven't, I haven't had the chance to bust into it yet, but it's, um, a classic TV series Batmobile. The old, uh old 60s Batmobile. But again, I don't know how much fun it's going to be to open a Hot Wheel and talk about it with you guys. But again, everything is fun in life. If you make it fun, that's very important. You got to you gotta try to find the fun where you can. You can't just like wait for fun to come to you. You have to actively look for the fun and you have to like try and enjoy your life as much as possible. And I think that like this past year, there hasn't necessarily been a ton of enjoyment. It's mostly been about just, like, maintaining maintaining your sanity as best you can. Like, let's say we're all a vessel filled up to 100. We've all just been trying to maintain that fullness. And there's not really a lot that's going to, like, push us over the top to where we're joyous and, and happy. But that is what it is, man. A lot of times it's like that in life. I think that, I think that one of the things is this year has really taught us not to... Not to take these mundane things that happen to us for granted. Every day, there's a lot of potential for fun. There's a lot of potential for learning. There's a lot of potential for all these things. And having having had that taken away from us for like a year straight, I think that as we get back out there in the world, it's very important to just take it all in. Very important to just look around you. Very important to just like absorb all these things that have been away from me for a long time. Like, I can't even remember the last time I was in, like, a crowded area. Like, an area, like, full of people. And that wasn't something I enjoyed, but I I do miss the fact of, like, being able to safely stand. Like, side by side with somebody. So hopefully that's gonna come back soon enough. I can't even imagine, like, doing something like going to an A's game 
and being at the Coliseum, my beloved Coliseum, with just like my favorite stadium of all the stadiums. I realize it's a dump, but there's a lot of history there, and I, I love it a lot. I can't even imagine like being at the stadium, like jam-packed full of people. But that day may come this season. It's possible. It's entirely possible. As the vaccine starts getting out there, as more and more people get it, the rates of uh, exposure are going to just like lower and lower and lower until they're practically non-existent. And at that point, we may be able to go to a game and watch Maddie Chapman knock one out of the park. We may be able to go there and hear the famous uh, bongo drums that they play in the back. And I'm looking forward to doing that. I'm looking forward to like maybe going to see a wrestling show or a concert or even just like even like a jam-packed movie. Like, how excited I'm going to be to, like, be at, like, the opening weekend of a Marvel movie and just having, like, the crowd there and the people there and the cheering. It's really, it's really wild because these were things I, I didn't necessarily like, but as they've, as they've disappeared from my life, it turns out I miss them more than I ever would have thought. You, you kind of take a lot of things for granted, and I hope that, like, over the course of this year, this is, this is, like, a learning experience. But at any rate, I have this Hot Wheel here, and it's not really that exciting, to be honest. It's a very nice Batmobile. I'm going to... I'm just gonna move forward. Why did I even open that? I wasted a couple seconds of the show. I apologize. Let's uh, let's go listen to something, and then we'll be back with something else. Let's get to that chocolate. This is the trying to get vaccinated show. Goodbye, I see robots. Though I never knew you at all. You had the grace to hold yourself while those around you crawled. Goodbye, I see robots. And it seems to me you made your pod like a candle in the wind. Never knowing who to cling to when the rain set in. And it seems to me you lived your life like a candle in the wind. Let's get to that shot. In a moment, at the movies, without Ebert, Siskel, or even that dude Roper. But you got Icy Robot, so that's something, right? started appearing all over the world. Hello? Alright, where to first? We split up, we can document more. Hello? Doors are collecting data. Stay behind. Don't you see? We can learn the secrets of the universe. I'm doing some kind of hallucination. Copies of myself. Doors 2021. I watched this, um, this movie called Doors on Saturday. I rented it because I, I rented it on Vudu, like the online movie rental thing. I rented it because when I saw the poster, I could see it was like, it was some kind of a sci-fi kind of thing, and it had, uh, Josh Peck, who you might know from that show Drake and Josh. I didn't watch that. That was, that was like beyond my time, but I've... I've grown to like this guy, uh, Josh Peck, after seeing him in, in the Red Dawn remake, which I liked. I didn't think it was very good, but I did like it. And I also saw him in this movie called The Wackness, which had an awesome soundtrack and was like a cool, cool little indie. I thought the guy had a lot of potential, and then he, he sort of like fall off, he fell off the scene. So when I, when I saw him in this, I thought it would be pretty cool to check it out. And also, there was a guy on the cover that I thought was Jeffrey Wright from any number of things. Westworld, the upcoming Batman. You know, you know Jeffrey Wright. I thought that it was him in the movie, and I'm like, oh, Jeffrey Wright and Josh Peck in a sci-fi movie. That could be pretty fun. But then when I when I actually factually watched the movie, I discovered that it, it wasn't Jeffrey Wright. But the movie was, um, it was pretty fun. It's a series of four or five different little vignettes, all, all centered around this situation that happens on the Earth in this movie, where in which... 
something like a million little portals open up all around the world. They're like these big metallic circles that look like they're like swirling and weird and all like sci-fi and stuff. And people start getting drawn into these doors and some vanish, never come back. Some come back, but they come back crazy. The five different vignettes all deal with different situations involving the doors. I thought that, I thought that it was kind of a cool premise, these doors popping up. And I, I like the idea that it was like five different little stories. I'm not usually one for like short stories as far as like literature, but I don't mind like the vignette style in, in movies so much. It kind of, kind of feels like more bang for your buck. There's one where like the doors open up at a school and the teenagers have to deal with it. And then there's another one where they look at the people who go into the doors. They call them door knockers and they go inside to see what's going on. And then when they get inside, it's all creepy and stuff. This is the one that has Josh Peck. And then there is one where the door communicates with the person. This is the one where it had an actor who I thought was Jeffrey Wright, but wasn't in fact. He was kind of an interesting actor. Nothing nothing against a chap. I don't know his name per se. But I I thought this was like a fun movie. It was like a $4.99 rental. Pretty cool. If it would have played at the theater... I would have gone to see it for sure because I always go for like these little indie sci-fis, these little indie horror movies. It's kind of kind of in the horror sci-fi genre, I would say. It's worth checking out. It is kind of fun. If you like the sci-fi, if you like the indie tip, that kind of thing, I would I would recommend it. Kind of cool. It only plays for like an hour and 20 minutes, which is something that you know your dude's very fond of. So it had that going for it. And I have to say overall on the good old-fashioned source magazine mic meter with one being a dud and five being an all-time classic i'm gonna go ahead and give doors a solid three, three mics mic. three mics let's get to that chapter this is the trying to get vaccinated show goodbye stranger it's been nice hope you find your paradise try to see your point of view Hope your dreams will all come true. Let's get to that shot. Yes, take a look at these sports cards. A great new way to remember great moments of sports. You know that? On the front of each card are full color pictures. You know that? Special symbols tell you at a glance the contents of all the cards and let you file them as you wish. On the back, Dozens of fascinating facts. The record, who broke them and when. You know that. Plus the athlete's story. His achievements and setbacks. Up next, a trip into the world of sports trading cards with the rated bookie Bruner, Icy Robot. Hey, this is me, your dude, Icy Robots. I bought another card the other day. I was poking around on the online, on the eBay, as I am known to do. And I just, you know, I'll type in, like, rookie card, and I'll, I'll enter a year sometimes. Or I'll just, like, I'll just do, like, random searches for stuff. And while I was while I was poking around there, I came across this card that I, I had not recalled that I wanted. It had been so long ago, but once I... Once I was reunited with the image, it all came back to me very clearly. Let's let's see. I have opened up the envelope. I am now pulling the card off of the uh, cardboard. I'm removing the um, painter's tape. They they use painter's tape on cards for some reason. They say that it doesn't doesn't stick as well as like a scotch tape does to a cardboard card, and I. I have no reason to believe that's not true, but what I have in my hand right here is a football card. I I hardly ever watch football. Like, I'll watch the Super Bowl. I'm a big fan of, like, NFL films, 
and stuff like that, like football documentaries, like 30s for 30s about like olden days football or whatever. But I don't like, I don't like hardly ever like sit down and watch football. It's just not my bag. I'm a baseball guy. But what I have, what I have right here in my hand is a 1973 Topps rookie number. Let's see. It's under the painter's tape. Let's see what number this card is. It's number 487, the rookie card of the great. Kenny the Snake Stabler. Kenny Stabler was not a quarterback. Kenny Stabler was one of the boys. Kenny Stabler, nice quarterback, very good player, not top 10 all time. They call him Mr. Clutch. I mean, think of his win. Kenny was money. Got a full house. He might put four of a kind on. Nice quarterback, very good player, not top 10 all time. Well, I definitely disagree with that because he's number one in my heart. If I had to put together a football team, and I would be really hard-pressed to do this because I don't know like a million different football players, but if I had to put together a team, Kenny the Snake would be my quarterback and Fred Bolitnikoff would be my receiver. That'd be the way I would go. I'm a big fan of these like 70s Oakland Raiders team. There's like, there's like a big local connection with those guys in Santa Rosa. There used to be a hotel on Santa Rosa Avenue where the Target is. It was called the... It was called the El Rancho Tropicana, and it had a practice football field that the Oakland Raiders would use for their spring training games and their spring training workouts and whatever. And, like, during their off time, the Raiders would, like, run roughshod over Santa Rosa. If you ever go to any of these dive bars around town, this was, like, actually back in the day. I imagine these days have passed, but if you... If you'd go to these dive bars back when I was when I was a younger guys, like your Wagon Wheels or your Fiorinos or your whatnot, you would hear tales from these old timers about like Kenny the Snake, about Fred Bolitnikoff, about any number of these guys, Lyle Alzado, just running rough shod, fighting with dudes from Petaluma. Never Santa Rosa guys, because you don't want to mess with the Santa Rosa guys, but they'd be knocking out Petaluma guys, knocking out Rona Park guys, drinking 150 beers putting Wade Boggs to shame, but I I have been around Santa Rosa hanging and clanging for a long time, and I've been hearing stories from these old-timers about Kenny the Snake, like, ever since I moved in, and he's just, like, he's just been, like, percolating in the back of my head as, like, this, this, like, Deep South wild man. Let's see, where is the snake from? I seem to recall he was from, he is from, well, I got this all wrong. I got this twisted. Homeboy is actually factually from Alameda, California, which is not too far from here, but he went to college in Alabama. And in my mind, he's always been like an Alabama guy. You know how it is when you go to like a college in a sport for like the rest of your life, they'll refer to you as like Alabama boy, Kenny the Snake Stabler, never calling him like Alameda, California's own Kenny the Snake Stabler, but the snake and to some lesser degree, Freddy Bolitnikoff. These dudes are like Santa Rosa legends, man. They were like everywhere, signing autographs, making appearances and all that stuff. It's coming. Raider Day at Santa Rosa Chevrolet. Meet Oakland Raider superstars Kenny the Snake Stabler, Hall of Famer Fred Bolitnikoff, and legendary defensive back George Atkinson here Saturday the 13th. We'll have autograph memorabilia from your favorite Raiders, raffles, free prize and autograph sessions all day long. See the Kenny Stabler Signature Edition, Tahoe, Suburbans, and Vets, a Santa Rosa exclusive. Stabler demos available at huge saving. You don't want to miss Raider Day at Santa Rosa Chevrolet. This was, this was back in the 90s, dude, when I was just like hanging at these crummy bars, hanging at the wagon wheel, hanging out at Fiorino's. Fiorino's down the corner was my spot. But hanging out there, man, you would hear these old timers just like wax nostalgic. And I, I fear that like a lot of these guys may have 
may have gone ghost since then because being an old timer at the bar isn't like the kind of career that you're going to hold on to for years. Even though there are some pickled old timers down at the, uh, the end of the pine who've been there for quite a while. But man, I have just like had this mental love affair with Kane of the Snake ever since I'd be hearing all these stories. I bought his book, his biography. It's called Snake. Aptly titled book. It's called Snake. And, and it, he talks about hanging around Santa Rosa, punching dudes out, smoking weed taking LSD, drinking bottles of Jack Daniels, and then going out and winning the Super Bowl with the help of John Madden and Fred Blenikoff. He's just like, he's like a larger-than-life icon to me. And this is a card I've always wanted, but like in the back of my head, I like forgot that it existed. So I, w- I was poking around eBay and I saw it. What I'll do is like, I'll just type in like 1973 rookie card and just see what like the top rookies of that year are because, you know, you want the rookie cards. So I'll type in like 1973, 1974 rookie, 1978, and I'll see what, see what like the cool cards are. And I stumbled across this Kenny the Snake and I, I got it for a real low price. I myself, I hardly, hardly, hardly ever want to pay more than like $10 for a card. You guys cheap. I just want to put him into my little lunchbox and I want to pull him out and look at him sometime, talk about him with you guys, share this kind of stuff. But this is, this is one I've wanted and I'm happy to have it. I might actually get like a little, like a little card frame and put it up somewhere. Sadly, sadly the snake is no longer with us or I would uh, search the guy down and get him to touch it. Let's, uh, let's reach over here to the card box. We're going to file him away in my little don't lose it all-purpose box. I'm far away from the microphone right now, and I apologize. Let's let's see what we have in here. Oh, you know what? I have a pack of 1989 tops. Let's, let's bust these open. I bought like five or six packs of cards for me to open on the show, and this is the last remaining one. And since it's the last remaining episode, we might as well just like bust into it. I'm folding it open. It has a, a very sweet blue wrapper. That was the gum falling out. This gum is like crystalline by this point. Let's see what we got. Let's flip them all around so they're facing the uh, right direction. We got Floyd Bannister, Bill Pakoda, Russ Nixon, manager of the Braves, and we got Larry Owens. Those are all uh, Kansas City Royals. Chuck Finley. Chuck Finn was a good ball player, good pitcher. Chris James, Harold Reynolds. Harold Reynolds was a good one. Jeff Ballard. Wally Joyner. Wally was a good player, too. Pirates leaders. Oh, Luis Aquino. Don't know who that is. Lance McCullers. Oh, we got a Mark Lewis. He's a number one draft pick. This is like a this is like a card when he's in high school. It looks like that's cool. Oh, you won't believe this. What what an amazing coincidence, man. Sometimes life just throws you this kid mitt. I got a Steve Balboni card. Let's see what it says here for Bones Balboni. First base, six foot three, two twenty-five. He's a huge dude. Bats right, throws right. Drafted number four by the Yankees in 1978. Acquired by Kansas City in a trade. I wonder who they trade for him. Probably like, probably like 200,000 pounds of gold. What's, what could be more valuable than having Steve Balboni on your team? Oh, speaking of which, man, we just got a new audio recording from Steve Balboni. Homeboy called in to let us know what's going on. So this is, this is Kismet, man. This is fate. We're going to play that right now and then uh, we'll be back. The Curious Adventures of Steve Balboni Bigfoot Hunter Alright, so this is me, this is your dude, and I'm back. As you guys know, as as you know if you've been following along on the show to any degree, I am a big-time fan of Major League Baseball great. One of the all-time greats, all-time baseball home run leader, single-season home run leader, 
I think that Balboni broke Joe DiMaggio's streak and he hit in like 162 straight games one time. But as you know, besides being like an all-time great Major League Baseball player, our guy Steve Balboni is also a noted Bigfoot hunter. And he and another great player that goes by the name of Don Mattingly, a.k.a. Donnie Baseball are out in the woods presently, the woods of uh, the Pacific Northwest, I think in Washington, if I recall correctly. They're up in Washington on the hunt for Bigfoot. They're out there putting it all on the line. They're sleeping in tents. They're drinking uh, percolator coffee, eating MREs, walking around in baseball uniforms with bats, hoping to capture the guy and bring him back to civilization. We haven't, we haven't actually heard from him in a while, and I was starting to get concerned that the show might end without getting some kind of some kind of word from Steve and he just might be trapped out there in the woods all on his own. But we were lucky enough to get something. I got a message on the uh, answering machine yesterday from our pal Steve, and I'm gonna I'm gonna play it now. It's pretty it's pretty intriguing. You're you're gonna like this one. Hold on, here we go. This is me again, Steve Belboni. So I'm out here with Donnie Baseball and we found nothing but a pile of turds, and I'm starting to get discouraged overall. This being out in the woods is for the birds. So we're going to pack it in and head back to NYC. You can't even get a good chopped cheese out here. Wait, Donnie, you hear that? It's him, it's Bigfoot. Run! Yikes, man, I... I have no idea if they made it out of there alive. The phone hung up, like, immediately after after doing that, so I don't know if they made it. I don't know if Bigfoot got a hold of them. That was, that was scary. Did you hear his cry? Hold on. I, I sampled that right now. Let's, let's hear that again. What a, what a scary sound. I mean, geez, this is like actual factual evidence that Bigfoot exists as far as we know. This might be the most conclusive proof we've ever seen for the existence of Bigfoot. Let's hope... Let's hope that Steve made it out of there alive. I, I, I don't know. He's, he's never been known as a fast base runner. As much as he's a powerful uh, hitter on, on on the the field, as much as he has like an amazing glove, I don't I don't know if he's ever been like much of a much of a base stealing threat. Same with Donnie Baseball. These guys, these guys might have eaten it, as far as we know, because Bigfoot probably is really fast. He's one of those he's one of those tall, rangy guys. You know, one of those tall dudes with long legs who can really really motor i i gotta i gotta say i don't actually have like a lot of hope that steve made it out of there alive i i hope i pray i've actually said like two or three pairs since i got that message and i i hope that uh i hope the good lord's listening and that steve balboni will will join us back again someday but until until i get evidence of that fact i'm gonna i don't know i'm gonna have to go on the assumption that they're dead that they died but let's Let's hope that didn't happen. I I wonder if he got some pictures of Bigfoot. Like maybe we can go up in the woods, try to find him, but and and see if like there were some pictures on his camera. I don't know. That's probably really hard. They never they never found DB Cooper or that money when he jumped out of a plane into the uh, Pacific Northwest. So who knows? Who knows? Let's let's send some thoughts and prayers out there to Steve Balboni. I I just hope he's still with us. Let's uh, let's let's move on to something else. I'm I'm really sad right now. I gotta. I gotta go shed a tear. Let's get to that shot. All right, my guys, this is me. I am back. Time for some real talk. I I went to my vaccine appointment right now. 
and I discovered when I got it there that they had not, in fact, received the shipment of the vaccine for the day, so my appointment was canceled. They sent me an email, but they sent it to me, like, at the last minute because they didn't find out to the last minute. I'm not blaming anyone. I'm not angry. I'm not upset. It's... It's just whack, though. I got there, and I found out that there was, in fact, no vaccines. I was rescheduled, but what that means, I think, is that, um, well, you guys benefit from this, because I think that I'm going to have to do one more week of the uh, Stuck at Home show. One more week, at least, because who knows? But I think in some ways, this is kind of indicative of what the reality of the vaccines is like. A lot of people out there are trying to get it. They can't seem to get it. Some people are lucky enough to get it. It's, it's all just like right place, right time. And your boy was all set to go, but things didn't work out like I hoped. Man, I really just kind of, I wanted to get this over with. You know, I wanted to get that shot in my veins so I could start start moving forward in life, but that didn't happen. So we're going to be back next week with another exciting, super fun episode of the Stuck at Home show. But I, I really went all out on this one. I like shot every every bullet that I had on my clip. I went all out. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need some help from you guys. I'd like to do like some question and answer type stuff. For next week. So if there's anything you've ever wanted to know about your about your old pal IC Robots, this is the, the time to uh, do so. You can hit me up on the Facebook. That's facebook.com backslash IC Robots. There's, there's like a uh, little section there you can go. You can find it. You can send me a question. You can hit me up on the tweets. That's at IC Robots. You can send me an email. That's IC Robots at icrobots.com. I am taking any and all questions. I, I need to kill some time. My brain is... My brain is fried from all this staying at home, talking about stuff, doing whatever. So please, please, my guys, hit me up. You want to know what my favorite movie is? You want to know what TV shows I like? You want to know the first time I ever heard a rap song? What kind of, uh, what was my first job? I don't know. Hit me up and I'll, I'll talk about any, any and all things that people want to know. We'll, we'll hopefully finish this series up and then we'll be able to move into the, into the next phase of the IC Robots universe. This kind of... This is kind of how I look at it. I look at the Toys R Us report. There were 200 episodes of that. So that was Icy Robots Volume 1. And then you have the Icy Robots show. How many episodes were there of the of the good old Icy Robots show? There were like there were like 20 some odd. Let's go look on the uh, icyrobots.com right now and we'll we'll see. There were in fact a mere 18 episodes of the Icy Robots show before the pandemic hit. And we flipped over to the uh, Stuck at Home show. The last one we did at the Ice Robots show was He-Man Wave 2 plus my review of Jesus Rolls, the Lebowski spinoff. That was that was a good episode. If you guys if you guys are new to the show, if you just kind of jumped in when you saw the Stuck at Home show and you thought that might be fun, there are multiple volumes of like Icy Robots histories. We got the 200, we got the 18 of the Icy Robots show, which was great, and then we now have, this is episode number what, 78 of this? Let's do the math. Let's see where we are. We got 78 plus 18 is... That is 96, so we have a total of 296 episodes in the uh, Icy Robot Saga. That's that's a lot, man. So you guys can go back, you can check those out, you can have fun with that. I I don't know, man. I'm sad about the vaccine, but I'm not, I'm not super sad that I have to do another episode, but I, I was really going all out, you know. This was the uh, finale, or so I thought. But there's this idea in TV, 
that I that I've read about where you don't you don't do the big moment in the final episode. You do the big moment in the episode before the final episode, so it allows you to one episode to come back and see how the other characters deal with whatever whatever happened, whatever the big shebang was, and then when you start the new season, you can start somewhat fresh with new ideas. So we're gonna consider this like this is the finale, but this is like the pre-finale. And then we're going to come back and we're going to talk a little bit about this. We're going to talk about that. Hopefully take some questions from you guys. And we're going to end this stuck-at-home show stuff off right. So, until we get there, until we meet again, this is Icy Robot saying, do the time, don't let the time do you. E-L-E. That's right. E-L-E. What does E-L-E stand for? Everybody love everybody. Everybody love everybody. Right there up on the wall. But you got to believe... Things are getting better. Birds are migrating again. Rains are back. Everybody love everybody. Right there on the wall. Things are getting better. This has been an IC Robots radio production.